0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday. Extremely quiet mic... day. Um, let's get to those settings. Uh, what we have here is, uh, Monday. It's August 13th. My voice is really quiet, says TechRad. Oh, I'm aware. Problem is to adjust the volume on this mic. let go to the control panel. And then you have to go to... the... sound settings. And then, you have to go to recording, and then to microphone, and then to levels, and then you can turn the mic up, and then everybody can hear me, yay! Yay. Alright, um, so what we have here is uh, ten dozen minutes of things and stuff with Jick and Mr. Skullhead. And I, for one, am Mr. Skullhead. Uh, we're gonna give Jick a call, he was a little bit tardy to the party, but we'll get him on the line right now. Uh, right now. Woo! Hello, Mr. Skullhead. Good evening. How's it going, buddy? Good evening. That's pretty good. We just had our uh, slight bit of technical difficulty there. First, the microphone failed to be plugged in, which it has two jobs, to be plugged in and to transmit our voices, and it failed at one of those, and then uh, it failed to be at the proper volume, so now we're okay.
1: Is a failure uh, for the microphone to be plugged in really a failure on the microphone's part, though? Uh, well, that seems like a thing that you didn't do, not a thing that it didn't do.
0: I'm going to um, I'm gonna go ahead and blame the microphone. Okay. It is a poor workman who blames his tools, and uh, I've never claimed to have been a good workman.
1: Well, unless the tools are the people working for him. In which case, maybe he should have hired cool dudes instead of tools.
0: Yeah, it is a poor workman who quarrels with his douchebags. So what you been up to?
1: Oh, uh, man. Fucking grown-up logistics. Oh, yeah i hate owning property and i hate cars that i keep fucking up and man responsibilities man what are you gonna do what are you gonna do i guess eventually die and then you won't have any anymore
0: No, what you what you need to do is rid yourself of all desire and rid yourself of all possessions and then you'll have no pain oh okay yeah so get about that
1: yeah it's uh sweet cool uh first i'm gonna rid myself of this possession of the cup of tea that i'm drinking all right once that's gone i won't own it anymore and it won't be there weighing me down (laughs) i guess i'll still have a cup Oh man i rid myself uh last night uh roy came over to record advice hot dog and while we were moving i got him to help me move the arcade games finally from my uh garage to the room where the the room that is now my arcade and uh in moving one of them, we managed to hit one of those big porch lights on my back porch and tip it completely upside down. Uh, and turning it upside down, like just sort of rotating it, I thought that maybe it would open a sweet secret door. Wow. Uh, but the secret door that it opened was the lid on the top of the 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 thing, which apparently, given that it is normally held closed by gravity, uh, didn't it no longer. Uh, no longer had any sort of latching mechanism in it. Sure. Uh, And if you turn the whole works upside down, it turns out that that lid is the only thing keeping all the glass panels in it.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: so that was pretty cool. Just a whole bunch of broken glass everywhere. Immediately. It is not so bad. You know, I turned the thing back over. Uh, Again, no secret door opened. the fuck kind
0: of bullshit house did I buy? A house where Uh, you're going to need to put in some secret passages.
1: I think I am. Although it's rough, uh it's rough adding secret passages to a house without introducing any internal loops.
0: Even if it's just, just a one-way ahead. secret passage to a room, that that's the only way you can get in there. Yeah, no way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah one way in and no way out. It's just like a twenty-foot drop into the room. I think that's more of a murder room than a secret room. okay well, it's yeah. also secret.
1: Yeah, it's like a secret oubliette rather than a secret room.
0: Yeah. Yeah, boy, howdy. Mm-hmm. I had the opposite uh, of uh, an adult weekend. I dropped the kid off at grandma's, and we drove. Uh, our friend Aaron came into town from Arizona, and we drove up two and a half hours up into the north country to go camping with like thirty people. Oh yeah. At uh, weekend in glory. Oh,
1: glory is what they. That's okay. That's still a thing. It. Uh, they It's like the Burning Man of like thirty dudes.
0: Yeah. Well, so by the time, it started in like 2003, I think, by the time 2007 rolled around, there were 300 people going, and it was getting huge and out of hand, and people were being kind of dicks. Like, you get enough people at anything, and you'll get enough dicks to tip some kind of balance and make it so they're almost in charge.
1: Right, especially in the dick-weighing contest. Right.
0: So they took a a couple of years off And had another one last year And so this year again I mean I guess there were maybe 50 people there And uh, music, lots of drinking Some more drinking
1: So they just stopped doing it and then only invited back The people that weren't dicks
0: They stopped doing it long enough for the people Who just went because I heard there was this Bitchin' party bro Just kind of moved on And uh, started it again And asked people to kind of Keep it on the down low That's the problem with being open
1: and, uh, you know, like, it's good. I'm sure that some people made some friends during the process of being open and just letting anybody in that wanted to show up. Sure. And totally inclusive in the spirit of human harmony and togetherness.
0: And it was fun, but but there was definitely, there were more dickish moments than there should have been how and, did the and super what, hard describe the some of those things like
1: it. how how did how did this social problem manifest
0: so say there's a guy who all he's heard is yeah it's just a bunch of people who like you can like run around naked if you want to and everybody's having sex and it's awesome so he doesn't know any of the people and he doesn't know what the rules are so he takes off all his clothes and starts running around waving his dick at girls you know so you kind of have a creeper in your party who doesn't understand that any previous dick-waving was done by people who have been friends for, like, five or six years, and they understand the, the mores of the situation. Okay. So, uh, you know, like, it dudes was, so it was,
1: it was creepy to begin with, it just right. got creepier when more people showed up.
0: Well, like, five people going skinny-dipping is different than 30 people... There are 30 dudes wanting to go skinny-dipping with the five people who've been doing it to, for years. Uh, well, to, to put it differently, because I know you're very uncomfortable when there's anybody naked, especially if they're women. Um, guys brought a bunch of fireworks. And in the past, people have brought fireworks and shot them out over the lake on one side because they're not fucking retards. Once we get a big enough group that we have fucking retards, they start shooting the fireworks towards the other side of the camp, which is just a bunch of tall grass. So we get a huge fire, then we have to call the fire department of the tiny town we're close to in and it's just a pain in the neck you know people getting too drunk and pissing people off you know people bringing a bunch of guns and shooting them in the air you know just madness instead of coolness
1: i guess that's what happens when you let the public in yeah damn that public
0: well you can kind of vet people if you just say invite your friends who aren't fuckwads to the people you invite, and so they do, it, and that's fine. It doesn't
1: doesn't take much of a much of a hole in that dike, though.
0: Yeah, invite your friends
1: who aren't holy dykes. <laughs> yeah, holy dykes Batman. Uh, I thought this was a nunnery. <laughs> I uh,
0: sorry, a lesbian nunnery. Uh, I see what you're trying for, trying, trying the operative word. Yeah, I thought
1: this was a real nunnery. Maybe they stumbled onto the set of a nun-themed lesbian porno. Hmm. Okay. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. Got my page written for the day. Uh, well, that's
0: cool. You had fun, then? What, what did you do this time? Was it just different people
1: naked and fucking each other?
0: There's a precious little event going on these days, and there, there was never anybody fucking anybody out in the open. It was okay. just, you know, the knowledge that... Generally, a whole bunch of people were single, and so they were hooking up. And people were fucking intense. Yeah, dude. That whole experience. Yeah. Um, so it was just, like, meet a whole bunch of people, some that I haven't seen for several years. Hang out, talk. Smoke some hookah. Drink some drinks. Drink some more drinks. Play some guitars. Listen to some people playing guitars. Drink some more drinks. Yeah. Okay. That's so, like,
1: Ar- like, Arkenstock.
0: Yeah, so there's so a couple of days of drinking... Sometimes going to a,
1: sit on a urine-soaked carpet and play blank white cards.
0: <laughs> I didn't have any of that. I actually played a new game that... Or a game I haven't played before that was new to me. Called Hive. Okay. Have you played Hive? No. Describe it to me. Um, there are... There are hexagonal playing pieces. is pretty much the entirety of the thing. You have... Different pieces have pictures of different insects on them, and they move with different rules. And the object is to surround your opponent's uh, hexagon with a bee stamped on it. So, uh, an insect bee stamped on it. Okay. So you you play a tile, they play a tile, and then rules govern how you play your little hexagons and move them, like ants can slide as far as they can across... A line grasshoppers can jump over a line. Beetles have to move three spaces. Um, the like earwigs can jump over pieces, but it takes them two moves to do so. So hmm. yeah, it's almost like a little bit of chess, but the board is all you create it every game because the board is made out of the pieces.
1: Okay, so when you can either like on your turn you can either play a piece or move a piece. Is that how it works, or do right. you
0: you either play one or move one? Okay. Huh. That seems interesting. It, so I played, like, one game and then three quarters of another one, and that was enough to make me go, okay, I need to get this, because this is... There are depths here. Depths that I need other people to explore by beating me at this game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> get uh, get a copy and bring it to Dragon
0: Kong. Yeah. Fuck, that, get, is right that is coming right
1: like, up. That is in less than two weeks. It is.
0: It's on my calendar. Uh, uh, not less than two weeks. Less than three weeks, yeah?
1: Wait, really? I thought today was, like, the... Huh. When, Dragon Con is the 31st, right?
0: Yeah, we fly out I think all of us fly out the 30th Today's the 13th
1: Why did I think that it was two weeks from the 14th to the 31st? I think it's because I think of a month as being four weeks long And I think of the 14th as being two weeks
0: Yeah That still is coming up in a big damn hurry
1: Yeah, it is Man, I here I was thinking I didn't have to get on any goddamn airplanes for a while
0: You could always drive it
1: Eh, no way, man <laughs>
0: that's it that is a shitty drive it's right down highway 40 which is so boring that it makes the drive to Tucson look like a, a wonderful house of wonders
1: it's not so on like if you go if you go the little, little longer route and go up through uh, go up through Denver and across like Oklahoma instead of Texas just like go across the Panhandle to Texas it's a little bit better right but uh, yeah man i'm i'm really tired of i'm really tired of that drive we're going on we're going on that crazy road trip but i think we're gonna head northerly first Mm -hmm. uh i gotta figure that out one of these days one of these days (laughs) it's gonna at some point on that road trip my car is gonna roll over a hundred thousand miles
0: and it would roll five hundred thousand miles
1: anyway No, 50,000 miles. Yeah. I would drive 50,000 miles, and I would drive 50,000 more, and then I would have this car, which is currently in the shop. So I I did what you suggested. I called my insurance company again, and this time, it turns out, oh, yeah, we'll pay for that, and it goes down as not your fault. Hmm. Like, huh, okay. So, I mean, I'm able to get, like, $2,500 worth of repairs on it, which is what it takes for $1,000, so i will do that or i could just walk away with a thousand dollars for whatever reason right like if you don't fix it you can just keep this check Mm -hmm. okay and i get why you see so many beat to shit cars running around even though everybody has to have insurance because if they give you the option to like oh how would you like to turn this thing that fucked up your car into just a little short term windfall i think a lot of people would probably do it
0: i suppose but you yeah. I would think that somebody who has comprehensive coverage on their car would be more likely to want their car to look nice.
1: Yeah, I guess so. And I guess yeah, if you don't if you have the minimum insurance. Although if you don't if you're st- if you have comprehensive because you're still paying it off, you don't care, right? Like Yeah. I wonder what I wonder what proportion of people have comprehensive insurance voluntarily compared to the ones who have to have it and the people with the lien on your car don't care whether it's dented or not, right? They just care whether you pay for it. Yeah, I suppose so. Because, I mean, in that case, I think the comprehensive is more about the value of the car being destroyed while it's still being paid off.
0: Yeah, since it's technically their property.
1: So, yeah, that's... That happened. The body shop is fine, though. They gave me a ride back to where the company truck is. (laughs) Which they always do. So we will see one of my uh, one of my arcade games got screwed up in the move so I got a guy coming out to look at that
0: all oh, right but, but it, it's gonna end up being uh, is it are you gonna be able to play Star Wars and Empire on it
1: yes uh, because
0: the guy is putting
1: the guy is also gonna put in the conversion kit while he's working on it to fix whatever happened to it Nice. so that's gonna be pretty good I'm stoked I'm stoked about having both of those with the real controllers the real controller
0: mm-hmm i never knew that there was a that there was an empire strikes back version
1: yeah i had never seen it until california extreme uh no I, I mentioned it in chat and nightmare said that he thought he remembered playing it as a kid but then wasn't sure whether he just dreamed it or not but right so the the, the original star wars one is like you're shooting tie fighters and then you go in and you go on the surface of the death star so on, at first it's just the like guns on the ground and then it's the towers and then you go into the trench and then it starts over and Empire is like first you're flying around Hoth shooting probe droids and then you are flying around Hoth uh, shooting uh, tow cables at uh, at and shooting the eyes out of uh, ATSTs. sts
0: hmm.
1: and then you are flying in space shooting TIE Fighters and then you are dodging asteroids and hmm. then it starts over.
0: And then you get your hand cut off.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's like it's like two two phases in a snowspeeder and two phases in the two phases in the Millennium Falcon, um, and you see it on screen every once in a while, and that's neat. And uh, the Empire Strikes Back has a little more a little more game in it. Sort of there's uh, there's like a you can there's just a timed finishing of the the phase. But if you get above a certain level of performance on the phase, you earn a letter in the word Jedi. Oh, and so if you get and if you get if you get a you know, you earn the letter if you get your letter for your Letterman's jacket, your Letterman's Jedi jacket. that
0: would be like a robe, I guess a, probably
1: a Letterman's robe. Yeah, if you get all four of them, you get some kind of bonus when it cycles back through to the next highest difficulty level. So there's just a, there's a little more like meta game scoring stuff going on in it, which you know is neat. Yeah, this is more or less the same game, right? It's like m- move it so that the shots coming at you, you either shoot them before they get to you, or they're off the edge of the screen so that they don't hit you. Um, the toe cables is interesting because it actually uses the uh, I had forgotten that there were those thumb switches on the on the control harness also. And uh, I don't know if those do anything in the original Star Wars game. Huh. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't remember if there was any verb other than shoot in that game. I don't think that there was.
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe I, I haven't played. Maybe good. that's how
1: you, how you shoot the missile at the end, or the pro the proton torpedo. Oh, mm. I do not remember. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's going on. I've been dealing with the fucking irrigation again. I thought they had fixed the gate that feeds the irrigation into my part of the neighborhood, but it turns out that they hadn't. Uh, they had just it was just broken in a way that some people were able to use it, and it wasn't flooding anymore yeah so it was like just different broken so i went to sign up for that again thinking that it was going to be all right and it was the same thing like oh you're gonna fix these gates and use it and i was like uh no okay no and then just you know to see what my options were i emailed a guy on the list of contractors that they gave me they're like these are people who can fix this irrigation shit for you at your immense expense Uh, and i called the guy and he said well uh, I went down there and looked at it, and apparently what they had done was they had covered up your exit pipe with a piece of cardboard and then, like, wood glued it in or something. To the... mm. So it was blocking the pipe just enough to let the people on the other side of it irrigate. It was like, And when I started messing with it, that thing just disintegrated, so order some water and see what happens.
0: <laughs> and so that's what
1: I did. So tomorrow I'm going to go down there at my allotted time. Uh, And see what happens There are like probably 15 houses Between this gate And me and at any point In that distance there could be like The pipe could have collapsed Or somebody could have left a valve open Because most of the people who live there Haven't lived there long enough To have ever been there When the irrigation worked
0: Uh
1: Uh, So I don't know I'm, I'm actually Potentially able to do some damage on a neighborhood scale Excellent, and not just slowly letting houses decay Uh, you know what I kind of want to live in I kind of want to live in like Yoda's house right because it's like oh there's some vines growing on the outside of my house awesome and then it's not like oh nope there's a bunch of grown ups telling you if you don't get rid of those vines it's gonna like knock all the bricks off your house right because it's like if you lived inside a big hollow tree if there were some vines growing on your house you'd just be like yep I think all of your neighbors would just be like sweet vines. Can I have some snake soup?
0: Yeah, or they'll be. They'd be like, because
1: <laughs> they'd be birds. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I thought Dagobah was cool when I was a kid, but then when I actually spent some time in some some wildernesses, the more water and plant life and stuff like that there is, the more there's just shit moving around that's huge and can kill you.
0: Yeah, there are also a lot of a lot a lot of bugs mm-hmm. and the bugs are just gonna bite you cause that's what they do do you think Yoda used the force to stop the bugs from biting him he probably did he was probably surrounded with a a very gentle force push field that just kind of shoved them back as he walked or maybe I mean, if- you know his skin is leathery enough that maybe he didn't maybe they only were biting him in the eyes and he thought that was okay
1: but, I mean, he's lived there for hundreds of years, right? They could have... I guess he hasn't lived there for hundreds of years, but he's lived there for a long time. They could have... The local wildlife could have evolved. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, if you if you lived in a room with a whole bunch of fruit flies, it is possible that over the course of a few weeks, those fruit flies could evolve to the point where they could productively interact with you.
0: <laughs> right? Because, because their generations are so short?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was like, if the only thing to eat was you in there, and there were, like... A billion mosquitoes.
0: Right.
1: Uh, although, I don't know. Maybe if they didn't eat anything, they wouldn't do a lot of breeding.
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you think if a mosquito bit Yoda, that that mosquito would be a tiny Jedi
0: mosquito? Yeah, he would absorb the midichlorians. See, here's why... The Another reason why the prequels are bullshit. Because according to them, Yoda's only been on Dagobah for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And in those 20 years, he went from being this, like, hippity-hopping-and-flipping-around badass dude to this guy who can barely move. Yeah. And that just... yeah. Having Luke and Leia born at the end of the prequels just means that the, the entire Star Wars universe went to shit in 20 years instead of, like, 200 years.
1: Well, I mean, it, the, the, I don't know that it actually implied in the original trilogy that Yoda had been there for all that long. I think the mistake was in presenting Yoda as young in the prequels, right? Because Obi-Wan knew Yoda, and Obi-Wan is just a dude, and he wasn't that old, sure. right? So, it like, Yoda, according to the original canon, had been... Like, I don't think it was ever implied that the Jedi had been, had been destroyed. Although, they, like... Tarkin in the beginning saying like you know your ancient religion which oh right your ancient religion which 20 years ago the entire galaxy was full of fucking wizards right who practiced this ancient make-believe religion I mean I guess a lot of the problem is that Star Wars was just written as a standalone movie right? right um but yeah, I guess that's a good point. Like, definitely in that guy's lifetime, the guy that made fun of Vader for pretending to be a wizard.
0: And he's old. That dude is old, so... he Yeah. Was, he was prime candidate for hanging out and watching people, like, lift shit with their minds. Yeah, I guess
1: people were doing it all the time. I mean, if the Jedi had been more like secret agents, you know, if the Jedi were more like the men in black... Right. And if... You know, or if... Civilization wasn't quite so High tech During the prequel era Right like if most of the planets Were backwaters like Tatooine Because The infrastructure had collapsed Generations prior Uh I mean it probably Wouldn't take more than 20 years or so like if you were Reliant on if you were spread out on all these Different planets right I don't know if the idea Is that like there were natives like, that humans just evolved independently on all of those, or if all of the humans that you see on all of the different planets that are inhabited by humans were colonists. <laughs> right, and if they were colonists, it's fairly easy to see how things could go to shit if suddenly the government dissolves and is replaced by a government that doesn't care about you. Right. And and providing the extremely expensive infrastructure, although I don't know if it is expensive. Like, faster-than-light travel is apparently something that you can fit into, like... A spaceship that is not much bigger than a car. Okay. Right, because I'm not imagining that. Right, like the X-wings have a faster than light drive because Luke flew from Hoth to Dagobah. Yeah, they, they on his own. He didn't have to get into like a transport. Yeah. That seems that seems expensive.
0: Yeah, and it it, it makes. Not so much sense because the TIE fighters are short range fighters. But and maybe that was just so they could be cheaper. But Luke's particular X Wing, at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Millennium Falcon
1: had a hyperdrive, yeah. right? And.
0: And but as I much think as, that, as that much one, Shubaka, like would have been
1: compa- complaining about like the price of gas. He never did. Right. So maybe it's not that expensive to just be cavorting around hyperspace. Yeah. Okay yeah i don't know you know the tie fighters also had solar panels on them which doesn't seem like it would work way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere
0: well then you just fly almost into the star
1: oh yeah and then like kind of slingshot around and then you're like yeah man my batteries are charged as shit and i'm gonna shoot you with some lasers."
0: lasers i guess they were
1: turb turbo lasers
0: yeah they were a photo proto neutron
1: yeah Started out running at four four megahertz, uh, bl- bl- blue four hundred megawatt hertz, and then if you press the turbo button, they became twelve megawatt hertz.
0: Can you? How much data can you encode in one of the lasers you fire off a Tie Fighter? Could you just? Could you use that as like a pirating, like software pirating hub? It's like, hey, dude, fire that movie at me, and then you just have to figure out how to collect the laser without getting burned by it. Yeah, yeah, I guess you catch it on
1: a shield, maybe, Mm. and then the shield vibrates a needle on a wax cylinder. Right. I mean, it'd be like space wax and some sort of uh, (laughs) ultra-needle. Data transmission, man. Apparently it's a big deal through space. Because that Mars rover does not get a lot of shit said.
0: It's a... It's good, it's
1: doing a decent job oh anything. sure sure chin up little guy I don't mean to I don't mean to harsh your mellow but
0: uh, I mean we're getting pictures from you know how many miles away is that like 12 oh at least 12 or 13 mm-hmm. Hojillion miles yeah I don't know
1: is Mars further away from like a lot of the time Mars is further away from us than the Sun is right <laughs> so I, I think mean this could like, be it's like seven it's like seven light minutes away and I think the sun is like five light minutes away
0: Hmm. so if the sun ever just goes out it'll take us five minutes to know Mm mhm okay
1: yeah like if Cillian Murphy makes it up there defeats all the space zombies and manages to blow up the sun um five minutes later the camera will pan back to earth and suddenly it'll be like oh okay we're not all children of men up in this bitch anymore. I really want to watch Children of Men again.
0: Hmm. Have good... you seen it? Yeah, that was a good movie.
1: Yeah. It had that... I've got so many other things. I should also... I, sh- I need to watch The Prestige. Yeah, you do. Oh, man. Everybody says I need to watch The Prestige.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna... It's totally shitty, and you should probably lower your expectations. Mm-hmm.
1: I was kind of excited about the Illusionist, and then the Illusionist turned out to not
0: be all that good. Oh, the Illusionist was fucking terrible. Really, you would you would put that in the fucking terrible camp. It. I felt it was pretty boring and a waste of my time.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I, I, think my, my take on it when I left was like that. That movie was significantly less than the sum of its parts.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Right. Right. Because like the cast was great, the visual aesthetics were great. The idea was great, but then the execution was just flat and, as you said, boring. I don't know. I like, I like a Paul Giamatti. You know, what I had happen to me yesterday, and this is weird, is uh, I, I, I sent an email to uh, Stephen Tobolowsky, who's the, the character actor who played Ned Ryerson in, uh, in uh, Groundhog Day, and who was Werner Brandes in uh, in Sneakers?
0: Steven Toblowski?
1: Yeah, whose voice was his passport?
0: Right.
1: Uh, so I sent him an email just telling him that I liked the the podcast that he puts out, and I and I told him that if he was ever because I know that he's a fan of sausages, but if he was ever in San Francisco, that he should go to the sausage place that I like, and I told him where it was. And then he just like emailed me back like an hour later, saying like Yeah, I'm going to be there in October. We should hang out and have a beer." Wow. Like, huh. Okay. <laughs> That would be a bunch of fun. Although, I I think he then assumed that because I was recommending a restaurant in San Francisco that I lived in San Francisco. But uh, if he comes through Phoenix on that book tour, I am having a motherfucking beer with Ned Ryerson. Excellent. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to say, do the Ned Ryerson line. Say, my name is Werner (laughs) Brandis. I I have no idea what I would talk to that guy about. He's, He's a really cool guy. You should listen to his podcast, because I know you have a copious free time to listen to podcasts. I
0: do. I do. The, indeed.
1: the, 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 the Tobolowsky files. Tabalowski files? I think he says Tabalowski. Anyway. So he just does this podcast, and at the end of it, he's like, yeah, send me an email. And I was like, you know what? I will. I, I, I I've figured out that, I, I don't know what it is that stops me from sending somebody a message if I really, really like something that they've made. Right you know because my inclination is not to bother them with that and then I think that every time I get like an email or a message from somebody that was just like hey I just you know I really like KOL and I just wanted to thank you you know it's 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 been a neat thing like that doesn't I'm not like ah fuck this guy you know I'm like right. oh, that's, that's like super heartwarming and makes me feel really good and yeah. why don't I ever do that for the people whose shit I care about and so I've just decided that I'm going to start And I've been doing it for some video games If I play a video game and I'm like, wow, this video game is really cool I try to figure out how to email them and I say Hey, thanks for making this video game It's really cool And then they always send me a mail back Saying thanks, and then I have their email addresses That I can sell to a spam
0: lord Yeah And then you can send them a message that says, hey, we have our new game coming out Since you like us, I thought you'd like this Maybe you'd like to discuss it on your social media And they'd be like, nah bro Yeah, I don't use social media
1: Social media for me is like rehearsal for Brett Ratner.
0: Yeah, you need some anti social media. Uh-huh. just a, a network where you can tell people to fuck off. So like YouTube. Yeah. Well, Facebook could be that for you.
1: I guess it could be. I mean, if I if I if I kept sticking to my natural inclinations as to how I should behave on Facebook, I think Facebook would fairly quickly become an anti social networking platform for me.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I think think that I have just, I have left it behind. I I do not, I find it very difficult to imagine the set of circumstances that would cause me to go back my Facebook account again. Sure. And and I, like, I don't think that I just, like, I don't think it was a case of me not giving it a chance and, like, being curmudgeonly. I was certainly being curmudgeonly about it, and I was yeah. certainly not predisposed to give it a chance. But I really think that, like, I I wish, I wish that it had had for me the nuggets of value that I thought would be panable from the sluice of drek. Uh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh. But but I think that it just doesn't.
0: No, I think in in the long run and in the short run, it's a very little consequence. So it's it's more of a time waster than Reddit even, because it, it consists largely of people just saying stupid shit, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there are times when you find out about things that your friends are doing, or you hear about your friend's day and you can say something about it, and, you know, there are little nuggets of being able to keep up with people and interact with them that make it worthwhile. Yeah. More.
1: The I mean, and I, well and I, I very much like, I, like I have begun to use Twitter for not, not precisely that purpose, right? Because I don't, I don't ever really talk on Twitter unless I'm answering a question that somebody that I'm following asked or want to suggest something to somebody or participate in some hashtag joke thing or whatever, right? Yeah. That like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys start doing or something like that. And and I feel like I find out about a lot of useful and edifying and important stuff by following people in various positions and industries that I admire or, or respect. Right? Like I learn about things by, by following the people that I follow on Twitter. And I check it. no, not. It is almost always the case that when I go to check it, it has been long enough since the last time I checked it that my sixty some followers have generated more than a hundred tweets. Right. But the fact that I get the fact that when I look at Twitter, what I am seeing is the last hundred things that were said by the people that I very explicitly said I want to pay attention to what these people say. Right? Whereas Facebook it, like it just the idea of not knowing how it sorts Mm -hmm. the shit that it is presenting to me makes me just furious with it (laughs) And 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 I get that most people aren't like that you know but I mean it just it makes me feel like it is a thing that is so far out of my control that even if I understood it I would still not be able to use it in a way that didn't stress me out
0: you would have to do a lot of setting of settings to have it be as under your control as you would want it to be. I think, mm-hmm. and and I can see that you got in there and decided that it definitely wasn't worth playing around with that. Like I, I get that.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like I, I, I've said this a bunch of times, but I I was excited about the prospect of well, oh, everybody is on Facebook, so the people that I knew fifteen years ago and have not have not talked to, and I would not, you know, if if we were going to be like. BFFs, we would have been in touch. Huh. Right. But just people that I was like marginally curious about, like I, in seeing how my life has progressed from the time that I was like 25 until now. And in seeing, you know, like I'm interested in the stories of the people that I knew, like what, there were tendencies that I recognized in older people, and there were tendencies that I recognized in younger people, right? And as I have grown and learned more about—I shouldn't say grown—as I have aged and learned more about what types of young people grow into what types of old people, hmm. it's it, it, like it is interesting to me to sort of collate that data, right? And just sort of like figure out, like, ah, oh, you know, what what's this whole living a human life on Earth right now thing all about? And so it was interesting to me, the idea that I could find people and just talk to them, right? Like, I so what the, in one particular case, all I really wanted to know, there was a girl that I was friends with that I used to work with, and all I wanted to know was, is this girl a vegetarian or not? That was what I was curious about, was whether the path that it looked like that she was on led to her becoming like a lifelong vegetarian or not. And I was like, Friended, friended her on Facebook, she immediately accepted the friend request, sent him I was like, hey, how's it going? And then, so I just sent a quest, you know, I sent another reply to it that was like, you know, like, two short paragraphs? And I didn't say, like, are you a vegetarian? Or whatever? I just was like, yeah, this is what has happened with me, and this is where I am. And then I asked, like, a couple questions, I don't even remember what they were, but they're, like, the questions that you would ask in a letter. And then just never got a reply. And that happened with literally everyone that I reconnected with. Yeah. Right, because it was not an actual reconnection, right? It was a reconnection insofar as the individual elements of that reconnection did not require any effort on their part. Well, sure. And and I guess that's just how people use Facebook, right? They don't think of it as a tool for communicating with other people.
0: Well, no, what you would expect is you ask a couple of questions... And then you just have them friended and so you see what's going on with them and what they're into and what they like without having to like actively converse.
1: So I mean, is it just not a medium in which private conversations are had?
0: Not as much. Like I I'm really bad at answering Facebook messages. So yeah, I would say I wouldn't find it unusual for people to start with a brief private thing and then like hey we're Facebook friends now you get to see all of the shit that I put out provided this week the settings on Facebook are are amenable to that happening. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me to explain or defend Facebook, I'm not very good at it. I spend some time on there but yeah, I can't really say. A lot it, of it drives the people it who- drives me
1: crazy that the way to find somebody now is to search for them on Google. And what that will take you to is their fucking Facebook or Twitter page. And then there is no way to make an overture of getting back in touch with them without doing it where everyone on earth can see it. Which is just like, and I understand why you can't just send a private message to somebody on Twitter that they don't know if you know them or not. Right. But like, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I guess I don't know what people are trying to avoid by concealing their email addresses anymore right it's not like oh i'm gonna get spam because you're gonna get spam anyway 90 percent of the email that you're gonna get is spam and now we just solved that problem after the fact but why are people so paranoid about publishing their email addresses you know in a way that somebody who knows them in real life but not on facebook can find them you know, the fact that you can know so many personal details about somebody's life by looking at the shit that they've posted to Facebook if they haven't bothered to market private, but you can't send them a message that no one else can see. And I mean, I guess it's because the platform
0: well, sure you doesn't, can. You doesn't can make send, any money for you. You can send somebody a private message if you're not friends with them. Can you? Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, not without being logged into Facebook, I guess. Right. So if you don't have a Facebook account, you can't, or if you, and I guess I'm more thinking of Twitter, right? Like you can send somebody an at message, which I, can other people see those? I don't even know at this point. Like if you start a message with an at somebody, I don't know if you, if those are visible. I know they don't like show up in your feed that you're putting out publicly, but I don't know if it's possible to dig deeper and get to them. So maybe if Twitter messages are actually private when they're formatted like that, then Twitter continues to actually be what I want. I don't know, man. It was weird to see that thing go from weird microblogging platform to important social network over a relatively small amount of time. I remember seeing Lore Schoberg post about it like right after it was launched. And I was like, oh, I see. That's a thing for bloggers to blog only less.
0: Yeah, I I still don't think of Twitter as something that has any use. Really? At least for me. Like I understand that, you know, during the Arab Spring it was really cool and blah blah. blah. But I I follow a bunch of people who are really clever and and have done a lot of work that I admire, and with my Twitter feed is still just, I don't know, nothing really. And I can, like, if I have five minutes I'm trying to kill, I can read through it, but it's just nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that that's true of, like, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys, for instance. The but, like, all of the, all of the game dev funny. people that I follow, they will occasionally, like, post an article like a link to an article somewhere that I would not have found otherwise but that's interesting and edifying
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like I think there are there are some real thinkers sharing some information on Twitter if you mm-hmm. find it and then some, there's like you know Will Wheaton who I eventually stopped following because it was all just like jokes about his dog farting it mixed in with like occasionally finding out about something that I cared about in nerd culture you know Yeah, You know, Neil, like Neil Gaiman gave up on Neil Gaiman because was like, oh, wonder what he has to say Nothing, it turns out Boy, uh-huh. I sure do like my horrible wife
0: You can learn whenever Amanda Palmer is doing something Neil Gaiman will tell you I, I follow Adrian Curry and occasionally she tweets pictures of herself in nerd costumes or bikinis and that's fine That's about the most edifying thing I get out of my Twitter feed Bill Corbett is, is really funny yeah. Uh, Christopher Moore is really funny. Okay. When he when he can bother to be. Oh yeah.
1: I follow Roger Ebert and I don't know why anymore.
0: He hasn't said a whole lot except linking to liberal articles.
1: Yep. Liberal articles.
0: And I know that anybody who's linking to anything liberal is going to get knocked off of your network tootsweet. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's <laughs> uh there's somebody there's somebody running for like a justice of the peace in a local election here, whose last name is Romney, and <laughs> it, the, and the campaign posters are just it, it's so it says Romney, justice of the peace, and the the first name is like printed vertically in the same space, like it's printed vertically, and its width is the height of the word Romney, you know, like that thing that they
0: will do, yeah.
1: Sometimes in a in a typeface. And it is so small that I don't actually know what that guy's first name is. Like this campaign poster that I that I know that his last name is Romney and I know that he's running for Justice of the Peace, I do not know what his first name is because I couldn't read it from the street. And that seems super, super weird to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, why would you make a poster like that? Why would you make a campaign poster if your name was like Frank Obama and you were running for City comptroller. Uh. Obama for city comptroller, and then Frank is in like light tan on white or something. So it just looks like it says Obama for city comptroller. Like, is it because you are hoping to, with your own politics, advance the cause of Mitt Romney? I wonder if they're related. I mean, there's a, you know, there, I can imagine people being active in city politics in Mesa being descended from well-to-do Mormon families. All right. Or maybe it's actually Mitt Romney. He's like, may, but maybe if this president shit doesn't work out, I can go be a justice of the peace in good old Mesa. <laughs> I'm a justice of the justices of the peace in uh, really active Mormon communities? Get a
0: lot of business. Get it? Because the poly... G- gaming. Oh, because Mormons like to sleep with eight or nine different people at the same time, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. That's not even funny anymore, is it? Yeah. Like, it's s- not even it's not even funny as, like, a hackney thing. Maybe it will get funny again someday.
0: I still think that it should be okay to make... to talk about the history of the Mormon Church. Like, now it's seen as kind of, uh, like... It's not appropriate to, talk, to make polygamy jokes or to reference the fact that that was something that their church believed, but it was so recently that it seems like it's still a salient point say, this is a religion in which a hundred years ago it was totally fine for black people to not join the church and for you to have eight wives, you know?
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't have to go all that far back before anything bad happening to black people is entirely unsurprising in context. Right. but yeah uh, you know it is it is a, It is an upstart still I suppose yeah I mean it's you know it's sort of like making fun of the south for being racist <laughs> I still think that's pretty salient JD salient
0: no uh,
1: salient <laughs> solution salacious crumb? A 7% solution suicide solution uh did, did you see that thing about uh marilyn manson and how to avoid being photographed by the paparazzi he is taken to scrawling the word fuck on his face in eyeliner
0: right uh
1: and i saw a picture of him uh with fuck scrawled across his face and he looked really gross so i can see why people want i can see why paparazzi are trying to take pictures of him so that they can sell them to look how gross marilyn manson looks dot com
0: I understand that he was really nice about it and was apologizing to people. Yeah. For having... I, you know, I feel like Marilyn Manson is
1: probably fine. Um, yeah. You know, like, he's probably a totally reasonable person to hang out with. Like, wait, so I always got, like, you know, through, through the late 90s and early 2000s, my gauge on how much of a douchebag a celebrity was likely to be was typically, like, were they willing to appear on Loveline? And when they appeared on Loveline, were they assholes or were they cool? Because something about that setting tended to put cool people at ease and right. made them just talk like themselves. Right? And not like they're trying to promote something. Yeah. And Marilyn Manson seemed mostly cool.
0: <laughs> he didn't just talk about the endless despair in his soul. No. No. So well, given that there are a whole lot of pictures of Marilyn Ransom with fuck you written on his face, I'm going to say that his brilliant ruse is not working.
1: Well, but they're not pictures that you could sell. I suppose. It was his point. He, d- he did not want the paparazzi to be able to take photographs that they could sell uh, to like the Enquirer or whatever. I don't, I mean, is that even a thing? I
0: like, guess it sure seems that- like you'd
1: sell pictures to a website now if you were selling pictures yeah. to somebody.
0: I'm sure that in the gossip magazines, it's going to show up just with the kind of digitized out, and then Marilyn Manson appears in public with obscenity on his face.
1: Does that mean he's walking around with semen on his face, and they just didn't want to print it?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> they just
1: replace. They have a global search and replace that replaces all bad words with obscenity.
0: So he could have had, you know, he could have had shit. He could have had. Yes. Uh, and goddamn all over his face. Yeah, his face was
1: totally covered with cocksucker. Uh, Yeah, so that's what's new with Marilyn Manson these Mm. days.
0: Do you want to take our little break and then do some answering of the questions? Let's do do that. All right, we'll be back in a second. How many seconds? Oh, boy, I couldn't tell you, but it's 13 minutes and 13 seconds. So 13.13 times sixty. Exactly (laughs) Set your watches And we're back Hey Are you back? I'm back I'm back, are you back? I am, I am often back
1: Are Dave Brubeck?
0: I am uh, Johann Sebastian Bach
1: uh so blister guy sent me some private messages explaining to me how private messages work on twitter and they don't uh you can i know that you can like direct message somebody if they follow you uh but apparently if somebody is following you and the person you send an app message to they see your message which honestly that solves the biggest problem that i had with twitter to begin with which is constantly seeing half of conversations right so
0: well now they good. stack and now they've got it kind of stacked up where if you get if you see a tweet that doesn't make any sense there's um a link underneath that show context. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. So it's useful.
1: Yeah. Alright, well let's get to this uh, thread. thread. Alright, are in the forums or in the bugbears? Forums. Uh... Forums it is. Wax says, to Jake and Mr. Skullhead, not enough things are directed at Mr. Skullhead, but this is not one of those not things. Question, under what circumstances would you sincerely and unironically call somebody a shit stain?
0: i frequently... That doesn't seem like the kind of thing I wouldn't call somebody.
1: I don't think that I've ever uh, called somebody that. I don't think that I would.
0: I think I end up... I land on dick balls a lot. Dick balls? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, dick balls? Get your head in the game. If I, somebody cuts me off in traffic, they're, they're dick balls. You know,
1: I, I almost only ever refer to inanimate objects by some profane assignation like that and uh, it's almost always motherfucker like um, I'm uh, kind of a purist yeah I guess uh, like asshole I will refer to somebody as an asshole that's, it sort of means a different thing though right like a cocksucker is a little different than an asshole sure um yeah I guess well, that's one of the things that's the best thing about a ten year old girl <laughs>
0: She knows the difference between a cocksucker and an asshole
1: Well, yeah, I don't know, man Uh, Uh, How would you feel about having some skills available on items? Example, olfaction on a Mr. Store item that can be used once a day Maybe a Boris skill or two, or even a couple of fist skills on a Halo item of the month I'm totally allowed to ask for olfaction to be slightly more accessible Because A, I have it, and B, I can afford to buy another one Then why don't you do it, buddy? Because I don't need to, Jick So you're talking about putting existing skills on Uh, items which you know that's that's kind of interesting actually hmm. like you know if if to get you through the to get you through the day, the bounty hunter sold for you know 50 lucre or whatever a hat that let you all fact. So right. if you're willing to sacrifice your hat slot, you could start doing that earlier. Nobody would do it. Uh, anyways, so far, every challenge path has been on time. I really like that this has been a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing that people are taking pretty seriously competitively, and so it would be a kind of a... I mean, not that we could do it late and then just deal with the leaderboards later, because we deal with the leaderboards later anyway. Right. But, but like, there's no reason that we can't meet a three-month deadline every time, right? Yeah. It's like, for whatever reason, we're less likely to... like we're not going to... With an item of the month, it will often be like four days before the end of the month and we don't know what the item of the month is going to be. Yeah. So, you know, that... like So then if we decide two days from the end of the month that we have this really awesome idea that's going to be four days of work, then that's where we end up. But with... with, We don't really have that much... We don't have that much wiggle room with challenge pads. Although that said, Fist was shot out in a big hurry at the very end. But yeah, I mean, this one... This challenge path was going to be an item of the month last year, but then we decided it would work better as a challenge path. And so I mean, riff riff has been working on this for six weeks, so it's it's good there there are there are probably we were talking about a lot of balance changes to stuff today, and so there are likely things that will change in the first couple of weeks as we see how people feel about stuff, yeah. you know, and like whether whether. Whether these concerns turn out to actually be a big deal, whether, you know, whether, whether the thing is, like, fun across the population. Yeah. I did my, I did a, like, I don't know that I've actually ever done this before, uh, but I played an entire hardcore run in the new challenge path. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, I finally, Mr. Skullhead, I finally broke the 26-day barrier by doing a 25-day hardcore run.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah it, and it's not even over the course of doing that run we change things around so that it will not take it would not take me 25 days to do it again and i also learned some stuff like you have to do the daily dungeon uh, throughout your run <laughs> uh, or you'll get to the end of the tower and be like fuck i guess i have to add three more days onto my run yep this game is complicated I think that if I keep doing this every once in a while, although it, I am guessing that it probably took me eight hours of real time to do that
0: run. Yeah.
1: Um, I spread it out over three individual sessions. And there were certain things that I couldn't exactly simulate. Uh, because the daily dungeon doesn't change. I, so I just, I like ran the daily dungeon and then I added a rollover to my run and then I just rested eight times and gave myself a token,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to simulate having gone through the dungeon, but yeah, it's, it's going to be on time. It might be a little more work and progressy than, than previous ones were, um, it, you know, it sneaks up on me every time, though. Like, we're always in good shape, but it's always like, all right, so the 15th, so this goes out on Wednesday. But, like, fucking no, it rolls out on 14th, because that's how we do stuff. We ever make another game like this? Let's not establish that pattern.
0: That the next day starts three hours before the next day starts? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I don't know whether, like, rollover should rollover be at midnight if there's a new game, should it have a rollover? That is that explicit a thing?
0: What's the other option?
1: Um, I don't know. It's on you. You can choose when it happens, like when you. Like it's still a one-time thing, but you choose when it resets. Uh huh. For you, hmm. I don't really. I mean, it depends. You know, I guess some player versus player stuff could could become problematic, but it's not. You know, if you could do that and you could only ever move it later, like you know, if you could only ever cycle past
0: hmm.
1: you know so you can say like oh I wanted it at seven oh, I wanted it at eight oh, I wanted at nine oh, I wanted it at 10 you know like if you can if you could schedule your personal rollover to any time between 24 and 48 hours from right now hmm. then it is not abusable I guess you conceivably lose a few turns over a lifetime if that was all that was different I suppose. but only at some fixed specific point. I mean, you still like it takes a long time for like 26-hour days to turn into you getting you having to skip a day. Raymond Kinger says, "Will you please ban my account from going to the MMG, please?" Uh no, man, because it would not do
0: you any good. You got to ban you, wouldn- you got to ban yourself from going to the MMG, buddy. You would figure out a way to do it.
1: If it was that serious of a problem. (laughs) This comes up. This comes up. Snape says, technically it'd be dear general, supreme commander, or first secretary. Any future Uncle P's antique maps in mind? They seem like a nice idea, a way to get content out that I get a feeling you enjoy, without having to deal with the game balancing act. That I get the feeling you enjoy... Less so. Well, yeah, that's true, except with stuff like where I explicitly tried to make an Ascension-relevant Uncle P's map in Vanya's castle. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why those... I don't know why those turned out the way that they did. Like, I don't know why that got to be a thing that felt... Because I was really excited about the idea, and then we did a few, and then it got to just be, like, a real chore. And I don't know why. You know, because, like, the kegger in the woods you pretty much just did that and then I spent like an hour doing the art and you know the the mechanical stuff that you couldn't do in the spindlers and that was fine like there is nothing there is absolutely nothing stopping you and me explicitly just you and me from doing that every month in addition to the other stuff that we have to do Sure. in a month but we just don't do it you know there's nothing stopping us from writing choose your own adventure books and selling them but we just don't do it why don't we do it why aren't we motivated?
0: We need fake deadlines.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the point of Uncle P's maps. Fake deadlines.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we knew, somehow.
1: We didn't establish enough of a pattern that people really got to expect them.
0: Yeah. And I think we, we the, the, the payoff oh, for a challenge path is more... Somehow that's more satisfying.
1: Yeah, not sure why. it is, actually. I really, I really like... What, what I don't like is, like, the sort of complexity that it adds to a bunch of stuff on the code end. Mm-hmm. Every time, moving forward, like, every time I come up with some new thing that gives you some meat, it's like, whoop, gives you meat in fist. And at some point, I'm probably just going to be like, you know, I don't care. Uh, you know, if it's something that's more than, like, a three-minute fix. But, uh, but yeah, so every every new thing makes all of the scripts complicated for all of the shit that has to be handled because we keep wanting to make them actually different, which is what makes them good, Yeah, you know? Um, but yeah I mean this was this is the most similar in scope I think to Boris and was way less work well it was way less work for me it was way more work for Riff right. um, but you know we've just got we've got ways of doing things now we, we know how to do this kind of stuff I, I wish I mean more people could play challenge paths like people who weren't super ascendary because of the reset button now and I think a lot of challenge paths would be sort of more palatable and acceptable to people than the vanilla game people who wouldn't get into ascending could sort of work their way into it if they knew that the challenge paths were a thing that they could do where it's like hey i would like to play on like super powerful mode you know because for a normal for like a person with no perm skills and and who's never ascended playing as Boris would be like crazy super powerful mode
0: yeah you know, and that'd be awesome. I was thinking about that on the break that we have, because we have these cool little chunks of content. But in order to say to somebody that they should come try them, it's hey you should come make an account on this game and play through it once, and then when you are done, you'll get the option to play this other part. So, I mean, as a as an instrument for bringing in new players, they're not stellar. Yep. But as an instrument for keeping players, they are.
1: I mean, I think in a lot of ways, they're not necessarily going to seem like this awesome thing to a new player, right? They're awesome sure. in the context of being a different way of approaching stuff that you're already familiar with.
0: Yeah, I guess thinking of the the thing that's coming out. Oh, jeez, buddy. I didn't get there. Thinking of, the like, the Boris run, it does make more sense. Once you already understand what the norm is that's being deviated from. So, sure. yep. Sure. I just feel I bad. Know, it's like, we, we worked on this really cool thing. Uh, everyone who doesn't play Kingdom of then come see it eventually.
1: Yeah. It is It is a little weird, but I mean, uh, you know. Right. There's not... It's, it's, it's hard to think about. I, I did notice in playing through the hardcore run, I'm like, wow, you know, this game, it really does reveal its depth pretty slowly.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, although playing on this challenge path, there was significantly less to do at early levels so you know because there were just a lot of side quests and stuff locked out which wouldn't have been as big a deal yeah. I'm really curious like I'm curious if I just go and try to do like a hardcore seal clubber run which I want to do in the context of the skill revamp um, uh, and like I'm I'm curious like how long will that take I'm guessing it will be a lot faster than than this thing maybe I don't actually know yeah that's gonna be interesting to see. I wonder how excited I'm gonna be about doing that again, like in a month or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's worth doing. It gave me some perspective. Now you can click on booze and know how drunk it's gonna get you. Cause that was a thing that was super frustrating to me. <laughs> uh, WVOquine says, would you consider making an item of the month or normal item that unlocks a unique challenge path? That is a pretty interesting idea. Um although I would rather you know he says maybe perhaps the yearly content familiar could unlock the Batman path, and I do like that idea, but I don't like a challenge path is nice because it just solves a ton of problems that it is an ascension that you're locked into, right like you can drop it, but you can't just move back and forth into and out of the middle of it, which would be a serious problem with Batman right right, and so like. Selling an item of the month that lets you unlock a thing that locks you into something that might take several days is a little weird. It's a neat idea, but it's also like it's selling content. If if you have to own the item of the month and it's not tradable, it's selling content in a way that is it's kind of strange. It's not you know it's not like super anathema. It's like you know there's some DLC available and it's actual new content. We don't. We don't put out half-assed content updates, you know. But we have been pretty careful to make sure that stuff is accessible to people, even if they don't get donation content. But that said, you know, if it's in there for a year, you can just farm it. Yeah. I remember when we were talking about whether whether we could get away with having a content familiar that didn't use the same mechanism, like dropping an item that gave you an effect, that gave you access to a zone. Just because that that is starting to get kind of narratively cumbersome. Mm. You know, and we were sort of discussing, like, can we get away with this? Could we, could we say, all right, well, sorry, this one you actually have to have the familiar, because there is no one that can't farm two Mr. A's worth of meat in a year? And maybe we felt like, well, because... There is somebody who can't farm two Mr. A's worth of meat in a year, and that is somebody who starts a new account on December fifteenth.
0: Hmm.
1: Right? They they cannot farm two Mr. Accessories worth of meat in that calendar year. I honestly don't know whether it would upset people or not. I don't know whether people would complain if we if we did something like that that was because I mean one of the very early ideas for Mr. Store was just if you give us ten bucks, you get this new continent with some new quests and stuff on it right and we didn't do it but i I don't think we decided oh we don't want to do that because it would be evil right it's just that there is a more egalitarian way of doing it
0: yeah we said we didn't want to do it because the response to it to that was really unfriendly was it i don't even remember yeah people were like don't ever do that or we'll even never come back but as long the early as you days take care of this of us, game,
1: I tend to think of as not being there, not being any hostility coming from the audience. But I think that's just because you tend to remember the good things and forget the bad
0: things, right?
1: And now it's been like nine years. Man, nine years, buddy. Yeah. Kamul uh, says, "What's the worst lifetime meet at the MMG? The best?" Ugh, dude, I have no idea. I've not ever looked at that. The Dog Delusion says, Dear Glorious Leader, do you have ideas for what you're going to do for the Orc Chasm replacement quest? If not, I propose that it be a zone with lots of individual locations and tasks, kind of like Spooky Raven Mentor or Cobb's Knob. I love those areas full of areas. Also, on my first ever Bad Moon run, Kitty Core, and it hurts like hell. Have you ever done a Bad Moon Kitty core run? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: and I, I imagine it would be pretty awful, but, you know, it's a thing that you really don't have to do. Uh, yeah, the... I think... I think that what we came up with for, I had to read through the minutes from the conference call. Every once in a while, I'm, like, super, super glad that those minutes are a thing. If I'm like, wow, we had an idea for something, and I just don't remember what it was. And then I go and I read that synopsis that Hot Stuff makes, and it's like, oh, yeah. And it just completely comes back to me. (laughs) Um, Like a dream journal. Only this is the dream of The Fisherman's Wife, where we had a conference call about getting tentacle, tentacle caressed. Uh, yeah, I think uh, if I had to guess, I would guess that what we have in mind for the level nine revamp is probably nine. Nine is probably five or maybe six zones, some of which, some of which will be partially skippable. Like it's it's similar in scope to the McLarge Huge, I guess. You know, no, I say this not having made any of the real decisions about it. Uh, but we have an idea for the first part that I really, really like a lot. Uh, that I think that I think is going to be a tremendous amount of fun to write. Uh, Stump Spaghetti says, "So can we look forward to some reward for the upcoming path, such as a skill to perm or an item with at least niche use?" Uh, yeah, actually, there's there's a, there's a thing in there uh, right now, and we're tossing around ideas for other things also. Yeah. Uh yeah, Sako says that a challenge path would be a huge slap in the face, although that was a reply to somebody else and not to us. But uh Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I really don't like it when somebody on the internet describes something as a slap in the face.
0: Yeah. Like it
1: really I am I am so disinclined to take your point seriously with just that that is a that is a trigger phrase for me. So if somebody says, if somebody describes some balance decision we make as a slap in the face to somebody, they need to put a trigger warning on it. Because <laughs> to me, that's a trigger phrase for like, even if it is not being said by an by an entitled dipshit, like, it is being said like an entitled dipshit, whether whether people are reading it that way as they say it or not I'm not trying to call you names Sako, because he didn't even say this to me you said it to somebody else but it, I, I really feel like it is that is a phrase that is that is overused in a particular shitty context
0: yeah. and
1: you know I know that you can't play the it's just a video game so it's not important card because this video game is clearly fucking important to me but like no balance move that has ever been done by any live team of any video game is at all like a slap in the face to anyone.
0: Like, do you suppose these are people who have never been slapped in the face? Maybe. So they don't really know what it's like? So I I, I feel like a, a slap
1: in the face in the real world is like it is an insulting and and impervious to retaliation way of injuring someone hmm. or, or not injuring them right just causing them pain it is like it is it is the the absolute epitome of the expression of disgust for a person Right, am I, I mean, am I, am I being histrionic about the nature of a real-world slap in the face?
0: I don't think so.
1: So, to describe, we found that the dominant strategy was too powerful to suit the, the idea that we have in our heads for how this game is supposed to be balanced. So we are changing a four into a three. That is not a slap in the face to the people who are enjoying having a four in that number. If it was, we think that you are assholes, and we want to hurt you for no other reason than to hurt you because we don't like you, then that would be a slap in the face. Because that is the point of slapping someone in the face, is to hurt them because you don't like them. Just saying. Uh, Elfrian says, in general, how do you feel like the testing is going for word realms? You know, the list of bugs that we have to fix is... Is now a much smaller thing than the list of content that we have to finish, so that makes me feel pretty good about the way that development is going. We were uh, we were supposed to be done with the challenge path by Monday, so that we could start start doing the tutorial stuff for the next build, uh, but that didn't work out that way. Oh. I think uh, I think whatever whatever remaining work that gets done today and whatever work that gets done tomorrow by both me and C. B. Myers going to be doing stuff on the challenge path, although. Jameli's super helpful forum list is getting getting really satisfyingly short. I'm stuck in this position where this path is going to be more effective at what it is doing the more art that I do. But that is a rabbit hole that goes pretty deep in this particular case, so I don't know I need to get set back up so I can do art at home. For whatever reason, I just don't have a scanner hooked up to my computer at home anymore. And so I think part of it was a deliberate decision to split, like, live-work. Yeah. But, But I don't. I mean, I honestly think that the importance of separating your work life from your personal life is only important if you don't find your work deeply satisfying like if there was anything that you could do at home that you would enjoy more than working then it's important to have a really clear distinction between the time that you're working and the time that you're not working yeah but like working makes me happy so who knows man who knows uh, RNG, he me, says, do you have average word length for word realms against each monster and by each class? I ask because I'm not too surprised by the average word length. Against vanilla monsters, sure, it's a little short, but when monsters can destroy tiles or replace tiles with less helpful letters or require certain parts of speech only, well, that dropped my letter count quite a bit. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it doesn't... There are a lot of factors that are not taken into account. Um, we could run some metrics. Like, that data was based on an extreme. An extremely simple query, which the dictionary just has a quantity field in it that gets incremented every time somebody plays a word, which is how we can tell like what the most popular words are and stuff. Let's uh, oh, excuse me. God damn it, I have the hiccups, okay. Mr. Skullhead. Go I'm gonna look. Uh, I'm gonna look in the in the tools here, and I'm gonna see. <clears throat> What the most popular words are these days?
0: It's one of them, Jews. Probably it was for a while. Let's see. Slackstar words,
1: order by times played, desk limit one hundred. Okay, so yep, unsurprising. The most popular word by more than oh, well, no, the most popular word by almost double. The next most popular word is sex. Sure. Sex, zones, taxes, size, sexy, zone, tax, zoo, penis, six, oxen, axes, soon, brains, rays, mazes, jails, zoos, toxic, hex, maze, huh, stolen. Huh. Coming in it, coming in, in the top 20. Uh, I think a lot of this derives from people not realizing... How much better off they would be playing any six-letter word than the word sex because X is not worth an order of magnitude more than E the way that it is in Scrabble.
0: I think it's just seeing that you can spell sex and spelling it so that you can see what happens. Yeah. But I would also say that when I play, I'm looking for words that I can build around that X and it's just a, a habit that's hard to break. Yeah, so do I. But then, if I if
1: I am actually having a difficult fight, I like recognize that tendency and try to try to stop it. Yeah. Um. I do. I do a lot of like. If I see, and I and I do a lot of this when I'm playing like words with friends too. If I see a common like triplet of of letters, like if I have O U and S, I will just type O U S, and then look at the rest of my words to see if there's anything that makes a word with O U S at the end or ing especially i mean that's that's a good one especially if you have uh that grunt skill that will often summon a g uh, yeah. so
0: yeah it's pretty good
1: uh, how's our, how's uh, yeah. our coverage for
0: for taunts that have a, a retort Say, oh, say that again. How's our coverage right now for taunts that have? Uh, oh, a specific one. a specific taunt written. Let us. Oh, like, you know what? I can just check that as easily. Yeah, f-
1: 5414 percent. Nice. Uh, so we have this other report that is. Oh man, a million more than a million words have been played. Woo! Uh, this does not mean that fifty four percent of the words that were played had a taunt. A specific taunt written for them at the time it right. means that of the words that have been played 54.14% of them have a taunt now so if we were to have another million words played that would probably be about the coverage that we've got yeah. and that's pretty good because that is with only what 1800 plus 1700 plus 1300 taunts written so yeah that's 3000, 4800 4, ish Yep. not a lot of the words get used uh, in fact let me look at that This is uh, I know this is super interesting to people that don't give a shit about word realms but uh, let's see select count I think the moral Se- here is give a shit about word realms
0: because come on Yeah.
1: select count from words where times played is greater than zero no 51,000 51,000 of the words in the dictionary have been played at least once okay. that is really surprising I think the last time I looked at that, I thought it was 10,000, unless I was just wrong about that. Neat. <laughs> um, Dear Glorious Leader, says Top 1214, I surprisingly enjoyed the level 8 revamp. I did not think anything was wrong with it before. I do not mind the slowdown at all. Level 9 is impossible without spoilers. I look forward to what you come up with. Yeah, Jesus. I, re- it, like, the late game stuff seemed so so weak to me playing through it like once i got to the tower it was like ah fuck man this is just like a biology class like i'm relying on no skill no deduction just having memorized how this stuff works
0: yeah
1: from having implemented it in the first place um yeah i don't know you know what i really enjoyed quite a bit though was the level 11 quest
0: me too, buddy me too.
1: <laughs> but you know I can definitely see like I can see why people are upset about the desert and that'll that'll probably get that'll probably get a little bit of love when we get there. And, and I think that providing a little more guidance, just adapting the quest tracker to use the level 11 quest would help quite a bit. Uh, I also kind of wish there was a way to permanently remove a side quest from the uh, from the quest tracker. Cause like I accidentally went in to pandemonium and then it sat there for days staring at me until I was ready to go back and actually do the quest. And that's a pretty big thing in the quest tracker. And I realized that if you have anything else in the quest tracker, you can close it, but it doesn't remember that those are closed. And now I get why people always ask for shit like that to remember what you've done with it. But again, that shit is so boring to implement that I'm always going to do something that involves working on some half-finished piece of content from ten years ago than then, then something in the interface. And I know, it's so important and it's so not fun to work on and that's why software in general does such a shitty job of it. I should try to be part of the solution and not part of the problem.
0: I should but be just- part of the precipitate instead of part of the solution.
1: Mr. Cyborg says, despite what you've hinted at so far, I'm really... Okay, so... Top twelve fourteen says he surprisingly enjoyed the level eighteen, right? the level eight revamp. Why were you surprised by that? Here's were the other question.
0: level revamps really painful? Did you not enjoy them at all? Mr.
1: Cyborg says, despite what you've hinted at, I'm really excited
0: for the new challenge path.
1: Well, I was really excited about it, too, and I wasn't, like, hinting that you're going to hate it. I was just hinting that it was slow. But then he says, I don't mind slow. This is the first time I've planned out my ascension so that I will be in Valhalla when it drops, assuming that it drops on time. Uh, have you noticed an increase in the amount of people waiting in Valhalla for new challenge paths, or is it always the same old spades? I remember you saying in one radio show that there were a surprising amount of people waiting for Age of Boris. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, I don't remember how many that is, so if it occurs to us to check tomorrow... Uh, We also won't, we won't know how it compares. What I think we probably can do is we can see how many ascensions were completed on the days when challenge paths rolled out. And that will let us know if there's more or less interest in the new ones going forward. Um, I'm super pleased with the way that this is shaped up, though. Uh, Lord of KOL not really says, why did you destroy the bots of the kingdom? I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Uh, Gamesmaster said I apologize if this was asked in an earlier radio show When Boris was more current The peanut butter and black pudding sandwich Was this invented as a sandwich which would have had a vast amount of protein in it Or have either of you ever had one I was inspired to try it in real life when I first started semi-seriously doing Boris runs And, well, it's not bad if you like black pudding I have never had black pudding, I don't think Right What is black pudding? It's not like blood pudding, is it? Or is it?
0: Um, uh, I'll look. I'll look that no. up for you. Let me no, Google black that for pudding,
1: you. Blood pudding or blood sausage yeah. are all the same thing, apparently.
0: Cooking, Cooking blood, blood, flour. Ugh. Yeah,
1: I haven't had it, but I mean, I, I don't see like, the idea of eating something that is made of blood does not gross me out at all. Like, sure. I, you know, because like, why is eating muscle somehow? totally not gross and eating blood is somehow totally gross. Like I just I don't I don't get food squeamishnesses really at all. I am a little squeamish about the idea of like eating bugs.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say would you
1: eat a deep fried spider? But I would I would probably try it. Well yeah if it I'm if it was a thing that somebody said, Oh this is good. I mean, you know, I've had escargot and if I really liked escargot I would eat it a lot. But it's like, you know, it's just not a thing that was all that great. Hmm. You know, but you know, I can see somebody not not being willing to eat bugs, but that's categorically different. So I, I don't get people who are like really grossed out by the idea of eating cow tongue, or who like oh, I, I won't eat liver.
0: I don't think I would you know? eat. I would eat a cow tongue because I would anticipate the texture being really unpleasant. It's it's like prime rib. It's yeah, like really tender and uh, great.
1: And yeah, I'm surprised that you never. I don't know, were you just not a very adventurous eater, or did you just not frequent the... Did you not frequent the little dive taco stands here?
0: I always was tempted to try it in Mexico. When we saw, like, tripas and lengua and and etc Yeah, but what was just, the brains? Just tried, kind I of never did. It, was- it seems weird to be eating something that's tasting you back, was my, uh-huh. my excuse.
1: It does look kind of gross. Um... But I mean, if
0: it's in a taco, you don't really have to look at it. I did try some menudo, and uh, like that taste was fine, but the texture was roundly unpleasant. Was it? It was like I, spongy cartilagey fat.
1: Ech. Huh. I, the one time I had uh, I had some soup uh, where I was I uh, was encouraged uh, by the menu to suck the marrow out of a bone that was in the soup. Uh, I did so and was pretty grossed out by that, and I don't think that I would do that again. Yeah. Just because it's, its it was just it had that kind of snot texture that you get in, like, the parts of stuff that you spit out from other things that you're eating. So. <laughs>
0: right. Like, yeah. Here's a plate full of gristle for you. If you weren't bothered by
1: that texture, it tasted pretty good, and I'm sure it is extremely nutritious. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I've I'm never really had... I don't know that I had blood sausage. I think when we went, when me and Riff and Hot Stuff and Mr. Magnifico went to that fancy, uh, the Craigie Street Bistro in Boston, which was at the time, you know, it was like, oh, here's this thing where you can go in wearing a t shirt and jeans, but it is pretty consistently on lists of like the best restaurants in the world. Um, it was. I may be exaggerating about that, but it was there was it was really really good food, and there was some slices of blood sausage in one of the dishes, and it was like, yep, yeah, this tastes this tastes kind of like blood, uh, kind of like salt, and it's pretty good. Hmm. Uh, there were also pork jowls, which I think prompted Mr. Mag to say, "You'd you think that at a French restaurant where you re- refer to all these other things by fancy sounding French names, that you would come up with something better than jowls." to use okay. to describe this dish. Uh, pig Womp. Unrelatedly, continues Games Master, I'm really excited about the new challenge path. Which of the previous challenge paths do you think it most closely resembles, or is it something totally new? In some ways, following the theory that Bugbear was the most like bees, it should be most like Fist, but I recall you guys saying that Fist wasn't the original pran and had to be done close to the deadline, so I'm curious. It is more like Boris than anything else. Right. Um, yeah, it is actually extremely similar to Boris. KirbyDude616 says, Back items aren't on the pulverized list, but have a non-workable right-click link. Either way, back items aren't pulverizable and give you that that's not something you can pulverize message. Is this unfinished slash miss or intended behavior? That is definitely not intended. Um, So I should take a look at that. I should take a look at me now.
0: I would say it's it's against all odds that you're going to do that. You think? Yeah. Wait, is that a Phil Fallon song? Yeah. How does it go? Take a look at me now... Something or other, something or other You Oh, is, the, is the name of that odd? song Against All Odds? Yeah, because it goes on to go You're Your coming back is against all odds But it's a chance I have to take Or some shit mm. I should listen to more Phil Collins You should Because you it's like Phil wonderful. Collins and you don't care who knows it mm-hmm. I
1: do and I don't Back, says Land says First I wanted to say thanks for introducing me to The Lost Room I Never heard about it before and it was a fun watch Ending was a bit off but otherwise very cool yeah, you know the ending
0: just wasn't one. That's all.
1: Yeah, and that is a thing that happens when you make a thing where some people are having a rollicking adventure through the through the the, the guts of reality. You know, mm-hmm. like when when the scope of your thing is like this is how the universe works. Like, oh, turns out there's magic associated with these things. Like, th- there's I. I I'm of the opinion that there's probably not a satisfying way to end that
0: yeah I mean maybe there is but it's only going to be satisfied for, satisfying for people who don't want everything explained I, I didn't want them to explain everything but I don't think they explained enough and, managed, and ended it on an ambiguous note which was it just kind of left it open to be an, a series and then it wasn't
1: yeah, yeah I would have rather Have well,
0: seen them Maybe that was their plan Right Seen and, them close and, that you know, book Somehow
1: I would love for there To be a series About that I mean Because it, like Something about that Like Did you ever watch Friday the 13th The series
0: <laughs>
1: No I I remember I, hearing about it but I really Really liked it As a kid I have a feeling That if I watched them now I would think You know The individual episodes Of this Are not particularly good Just as compositions
0: Mm-hmm
1: but the idea that okay, so there was this guy that owned an antique store. He made a deal with the devil that all of his antiques would be cursed, and then he sold a bunch of them to a bunch of people before he was killed as part of the deal, or whatever. You know, or as betrayed by the devil, like you like you get. So then these people inherit the store and a list of every item that he sold and who he sold it to, and the The plot of the series is them going out into the world and tracking down these cursed items so it's like twilight zoney it very it very neatly divides itself up into episodes and it's about it's about like cursed talismanic objects right which is just it is so satisfying like the idea like the, the fundamental premise of the lost room that there was this thing that happened it doesn't matter where they came from right There was a thing that happened that turned a bunch of ordinary objects into these crazy talismans and here's what happens in a world where this is the truth right and that's awesome the idea the idea of like a ring that gives you some sort of specifically defined magical power is just super fucking compelling sure I think I think it maybe it is just a thing that speaks to something deep within the nerd psyche maybe this is not a universal thing among humans you know the idea of a the idea of a ward against evil right maybe that was not a thing that was was not a thing that people found satisfying maybe it was a thing that they reached out to in desperation right when they thought the disease was an agent volitionally acting against their interests
0: right
1: so they wanted you know they, they wanted something that would scare away the spirits they didn't think it was cool that there was a specific configuration of metal you could put on a necklace that would scare off a spirit right they did it so their baby wouldn't die but i don't know i mean how, how universal do you think that the idea of a magic ring being cool is
0: pretty damn universal
1: I mean, I'm guessing that my mom would not think that the lost room. I think she would not like the lost room. Normally, the way that she determines whether something is a thing that I would like, whether or, and that she would not like, is if it has swords in it. Uh huh. Which she was she would not watch. She was not interested in watching Rome. She liked Six Feet Under. She liked The Sopranos, but she did she wouldn't watch Rome because uh, that has swords in it. That's like something you would like, but not something I would like. <laughs> I'm like well okay it does have swords in it but it's like about a period of history where there were actually swords right like it doesn't have wizards in it which would be a more probably a more apt signal for whether a thing was my kind of thing or her kind of thing
0: I think my dad would probably enjoy the Lost Room you think? I mean the way that our myths and legends are shaped it does seem like the talismanic you know a ring that grants special powers or a necklace or whatever is certainly something that keeps showing up in culture. but I Were think, there any notable magic items in the Bible? No, I think you get most of that in the Apocrypha. Where it's like, hey, and then this dude verily found Joseph of Arimathea's knee bone and it made him fly. That kind of shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess there is certainly a long tradition, especially in the Catholic Church, of, of relics purported to have power. Yeah. Right? I don't know where crosses versus vampires came from. I mean, I doubt if it was. You know, I imagine that that was in deliberately fantastical fiction,
0: though.
1: Hmm.
0: Which. I feel like something like. I mean,
1: although characterizing religion as deliberately fantastical fiction is not
0: super off the mark. (laughs) Now, just it's enough to piss some people off. I'm sure. Yeah. We. I mean, you can call stuff that's in the Bible myth. And you only piss off people who don't understand what the word myth means.
1: I mean, there's like sticks to snakes, right? Like that concept is biblical, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, God gives Moses the ability to throw down a staff and turn it into a snake and then pick the snake back up and it turns into a staff again.
1: Okay. So that's pretty. That's a pretty magic that's item. Thing.
0: But I feel like in the Lost Room they have... They were trying to figure out what had happened. And they thought finding the guy who was in the room, would, make, would help them figure it out. And the thrust of the narrative, for a, at least a good part of it, was try, just trying to figure out what the fuck. Mm-hmm. And then they just didn't. Yeah. So it was like, you know, there are hints at there may have been a nuclear explosion or something else, but if they're going to have people actively seeking it out and you're doling out clues that they find and you're deepening your mystery, you you should give it a little more resolution than none. I felt like.
1: Yeah, I don't even really remember how that worked. <laughs> I don't remember how it ended. I remember there being a, like, a lot of wind and stuff. Right. Like, they figured out the different things you could hang on different nails that would recreate the conditions of the incident.
0: And there were, like, ghosts trapped in the matrix and the guy's daughter and hmm
1: no he does get his daughter back right i mean yeah he does so i guess you could argue that this, this is a story about a man trying to rescue his daughter and he is only trying to work out the mystery insofar as it serves his ends sure which is a way i mean i i think that as as a creator of fiction you need to be able to pose questions without obligating yourself to answer them right mm-hmm. sure and and that's where that's where it gets really tricky to do the big ones you know like the like the the larger the scope of a stephen king story the less likely it is to have an ending
0: i don't think that's a failing of the story so much as it it's a shortcoming on stephen king's
1: you think side. I, yeah. because i tend yeah. to i tend to because i felt the same way about like the diamond age right Mm -hmm. i don't think that ended in a way that was even all that memorable
0: Hmm. but
1: i i honestly think that maybe there is just something built into the nature of what a story is which limits certain elements of what it can be about if it is to have a palatable and satisfying overall structure I mean do you know, do you know of an author that can do these big sweeping things that do resolve that end well? I mean Dune just ends with Paul becoming the emperor, right? Right. And that's but that's it. Like that it and like, then the rest of the story is, you know,
0: yeah.
1: shares very few characters with it and it's just more stuff that happened in that universe. I kind of just pretend that the rest of the books don't exist.
0: And now I'm racking my brain to try and think of something that,
1: like An account, the example,
0: the talisman has a big, big universe and has questions that deal with the fundamental nature of Blehe. Yeah, but definitely has a satisfying ending. Although that story has more of a shape. Of, yeah, uh, but I mean, because that's like about like guy
1: tale. wants to guy wants to save his mother. Guy learns that there is. you know there is a magical item that can save his mother guy retrieves magical item and saves his mother right
0: yeah I mean that's a fairy tale structure and it's just the, the world is huge
1: yeah I mean I guess he's not really investigating what it means to be in the world or that I mean is is the talisman something that is actually important to the nature of the world in that story not that story retrofitted into the Dark Tower universe right Right.
0: I kind Which, of pretend that Black House didn't happen and that's not hard because I don't remember anything about it.
1: Yeah, I remember some stuff about it, but a lot of the stuff that I remember from it probably happened in Hearts in Atlantis or in the later Dark Tower books. Uh-huh. So Black, House was, Black House was where Broudigan was being forced to sort of run those machines with the kid from Everything's Eventual. Like, they were kidnapping psychic kids and... Browdiegan was making them focus their energies on destroying one of the beams.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Um, yeah, and, and then and then Jack from the talisman is involved in it somehow. But that that was that st- was stupid. It was a bad idea, and they knew that it was a bad idea. Stephen King had specifically gone on record as saying, like, no, the talisman does not fit into this universe. And then it was like, oh wait, I guess it. I guess it did. As it turns out. Hmm. So yeah, maybe it is better off to pretend that Black House didn't exist. Because I guess Black House is the only thing. Black House is like a bridge between them. And there might be mentions that Broudigan is involved in the later Dark Tower books. But it's not important.
0: Yeah, You have to pick and choose your mythologies, I think.
1: Yeah, that seems to be the theme of this episode. What are we? What are we ignoring from Star Wars? What are we ignoring from Stephen King's oeuvre?
0: So, really, if there's something in Kingdom of Loathing that you don't like, just ignore it. It's all right. Oh, that
1: is so easy. Having, having basically just fuck all for rules of canonical structure and thematic appropriateness is so liberating. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Oh, I think so. Certainly.
1: Uh, let's go out on this one last question from Boxesland. First, I don't uh, okay. no, ask for a question. I'll ask one for Mr. Skullhead as well. Scully, seeing as you're the host of this here radio show, why isn't it the Mr. Skullhead and Jick show? Are you being humble, or has Jick frightened you into accepting your subservient position, lest he make you commit supuku seppuku?
0: Supuku, seppukur. I, I call it the Jick and Skullhead show. For one thing, it it rolls off the tongue easier. I think it sounds better. Jick and Skullhead, Skull, Skullhead and Jick.
1: Yeah, Jicken jicken is easier to say than Hedden
0: Yeah I think it would have to be like Skullhead and the Jick If it was the other way around so it would have that the, the, that Scullion, pinky in the, the brain. Scully and the
1: the Scully and Jick show would
0: flow pretty well. Scully and Jick show, but the thing is, Jick is the main attraction here. He's the one who has the information that people are writing in to get. Oh so come on! I you know I'm color commentary. This and, uh, this fine. show
1: this show gets significantly more do- like now that I've actually been tracking accurate numbers on stuff, this show gets significantly more downloads than the Thursday show.
0: Oh stop! So like you.
1: there is there is clearly there is clearly a thing here that you
0: are an absolutely critical part of. It's my ability to sit here and go, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, but the the first, the first half of the show is where you get to shine. (laughs) I mean, the reason that I started doing the Thursday show in the first place is because I felt like I was boring you with a lot of the, the Q and (laughs) a stuff in it. And so it's like, oh, well let's, let's ease off on the technical shit and just have a conversation. Hmm. Um I usually when I make the announcements I never think of the show as being called 10 dozen minutes of whatever.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't really do the coming up to a like saying something random for it to be 10 dozen minutes of. I don't really do that so much anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always I tend to put I don't know. I usually put your name first when I'm making the system messages, I guess, and Mhm. I, when i'm when i'm listing people that are on the thursday show i usually just try to kind of randomize it so that it doesn't so there doesn't get to be a hierarchy established right i'm really i'm really averse to org charts
0: yeah it's we're we're like a lot like that it's like way. a
1: constantly shifting octopus with me as the me as the part of the octopus that has the dick
0: <laughs> you have the dick and all the mouths
1: yeah it's like i decide what we're fucking but all of the tentacles decide how
0: I'm confused and slightly aroused by that, so I think with the weirdest boner ever, I think we can we can duck out of this here show. Good night, everybody.